Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Peter is a different man, different than when he was when he served as a disciple during Yeshua's earthly ministry. What changed him? He witnessed the resurrection. He spoke to the resurrected Lord. And he also was a recipient of that Holy Spirit. Therefore, being filled and indwelt with the Holy Spirit, knowing the resurrected Savior, and remembering now with a different mindset, something that he had witnessed, all of these things caused him to be very different. And not just different, but a better disciple, a greater servant, a precious vessel for the purposes of God. And let me say to you this very thing. When you believe in the resurrected Messiah, when you invite him into your life through that gospel message, you will become filled with that same Holy Spirit. And he will dwell within you and lead you, guide you, empower you, and change your life. And you are going to be on a wonderful adventure of serving God, growing and maturing, and likewise becoming a precious vessel for the purposes of God. Well, we began last week a study of 2 Peter. We began that first half of chapter 1, and now we're ready for the second half of chapter 1. So I would invite you to take out your Bibles, open them up to 2 Peter chapter 1 in a moment. We're going to begin in verse 12. Now, this 12th verse begins with a double negative. Now, sometimes in the Greek language, a double negative is for the purpose of emphasis. It means no, not ever. So it's strong. But other times, it is similar to in English and other languages, where it simply turns something that is negative into that which is positive. And what am I talking about? Well, look at verse 12. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, and Peter is speaking, and he says, Therefore, I am always prepared. Literally, it says, I'm not unprepared. So not being unprepared means to be prepared always. And what is he prepared always for? Where well, he says, to remind you concerning these things. What things? Well, the things that he concluded with last week. He talked about a call, that call that was upon his life. And if you have accepted that gospel, 
also there's a call upon your life. God wants you to serve him in a specific way. So he speaks about that call and election. What's election? That God has chosen you. How has he chosen you? Through the gospel. You become elected through your acceptance of that gospel message. And when you do, what else does he say at the end of our study last week? That he is going to provide a sure entrance into the kingdom of God. What does that give you? It gives you assurance. You know that there are kingdom promises waiting for you. And that you are going to experience a kingdom eternity. And therefore, you should have great gratitude in your heart. And that gratitude should impact you, what you do, the decisions you make, and you will live because of this gratitude sacrificially. And that's what Peter is doing. He is not investing in himself, but he's investing in others, which is going to produce eternal kingdom dividends for him. So he says, therefore, Always being prepared. I am making mention. I'm reminding you concerning these things. And he says, just as knowing, meaning you know these things. In fact, you have been, he says, established by these things. And that word for being established means to be strong. So you know and you are strong in this present truth. What truth is he talking about? Well, we're going to see that Peter is going to focus in on a few things. These truths that are impacting him and should also impact us. Look at the next verse, verse 13. But I consider right. Now, this word right means righteous. Now, I've shared with you that the word righteous relates to the glory of God. So he says, not just I consider it right or proper or correct, but he says, what I'm going to share with you has to do with righteousness. And the outcome of righteousness is the manifestation of the glory of God. And that's what our life should always be about. That's what we want to do. Live in a way, speak in a way, think in a way that manifests the glory of God. So he says, I consider right as long as I'm in this. And the next word is the word tent or tabernacle. It speaks of a structure. Now, you may not know this, but this Greek word is where we get the English word skin. Now, he's speaking about a structure, a dwelling place, but in the proper understanding of the context, He's speaking about his body. So he says, as long as I am still in this body, what's he going to do? He's speaking about a commitment, his life's commitment. And what is that? To stir you up in this remembering. Now, over and over, he's saying, you need to remember these things. They're foundational in order that you too live a God-pleasing life. Peter is fully committed. His life reflects these things. 
And he knows that if they're going to live a praiseworthy life, a God-honoring life, a God-glorifying life, that these things need to be foundational for them, and therefore, as long as he's alive, he is going to stir these things up, making mention of them to these individuals. Look now to verse 14. Knowing that quickly is the putting off of my tent, my tabernacle, meaning my body. What's he speaking about? Knowing very soon is what he's saying, that I'm going to put off this tent, leave the skin, that is, I'm going to die. Now, how does he know this? Well, it's not just some feeling that he has. See, we ought not be ruled by feeling or experience. But he says he knows that. Why? Well, keep reading, just as also our Lord, Messiah Yeshua, that he has clearly made known to me. Now, this is a word of making something evident. So Messiah himself has made evident to Peter that soon, quickly, he is going to die. Now, think about that. What if you knew that very, very soon your life was coming to an end? See, a lot of people, woe is me. I'm so sad. I'm going to miss this world. Well, I'm not going to miss this world. And what Peter is saying is this. See, when I think about what Peter has said in light of the fact that he knows that he's going to die soon, you know who comes into my mind? Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, as he's alluded to in Judaism. Now, Moses, when he knew that he was going to die, that, that God did not receive that, that beseeching of, of Moses to enter into the land, that God would forgive him when he knew that he was going to die, that God was serious, it wasn't going to change. He was not going to cross the Jordan River. Then what did Moses do? Moshe began to invest his life into Yahushua, that is Joshua, the son of Nun, because he knew that Joshua was the next leader. So he didn't bemoan his death, but he made the end of his life meaningful by, by preparing that next generation that next leader, by causing Joshua to be prepared for his leadership, that he was going to take over the position of Moses and bring the people into the land and be the leader when they inherited the land of Canaan and a portion of that full promised land on the east side of the Jordan, going all the way down to that river of Egypt, a very important designation of, of that allotment of land that God promised first and foremost to Abraham. So he says, it's clear to me, Messiah made evident to me that I'm going to die, verse 15. What is he going to do? But I will be diligent. Now it's a word. For, for urgency, sometimes it can be translated to make haste, but not a careless haste, but a purposeful urgency 
and a diligence to accomplish something. And this is what he says in verse 15. But I will be diligent also every time that, that you have after my departure. So he says, every time that you have an opportunity after my departure, Peter is going to still want them to be influenced by what? He says, this, this reminding, making mention of these things. So he says, to make mention even after my departure, he is going to prepare others to disciple, to remind, to encourage, to exhort these individuals in these same foundational truths. This is what he's saying. Why? Now, verse 16. For not, and that word not is emphatic. It speaks about the word no in a very much an emphasized state of being. And why is he doing this? Well, look at what he says. For not cleverly devise myths that's literally what the word is in greek it's where we get the english word myth or a legend so he says here for not cleverly devise myths that you have followed after that we have made known to you we didn't make known to you these uh myths these legends now as i hope you know i live in israel and I spend some significant time going to lectures from rabbis in Orthodox Judaism. And all too often I hear stories from what's known as the Midrash Rabbah and other rabbinical writings that are nothing more than legends, rabbinical folklore, fairy tale myths that are not based upon truth. They get people excited, but they are indeed cleverly de designed myths that doesn't interest us what should interest us truth and this is what peter is saying we did not follow after and make known to you uh, these cleverly designed fairy tales but he says we make known to you our lord messiah yeshua and how does does yeshua how is he made known? Well, notice what he says. Both in power and coming. Now, it speaks of something very foundational, and that is this. God has visited his people. He has come, taken on human flesh, and he's come with power. That's one of the reasons why we see all of these miracles. It demonstrates the power of God that Emmanuel, remember that name, Emmanuel, God with us, has come. He has visited his people. So he says, you know, we make known to you our Lord, Messiah Yeshua, who has come with power. And he goes on and he tells us here, but not through devising fairy tales, but we have become eyewitnesses of the majesty, and let's get this right, the majesty of that one. Now, I emphasize that because it doesn't say his majesty. It says the majesty 
of that one. What's the difference? Well, that one is His Majesty, Yeshua's Majesty, which is also the Majesty of God the Father. We believe in the Trinity. God has manifested Himself in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But they share this same divinity, this same majesty. And when it says that one, that term, that one, is as well emphatic. So it wants to emphasize that Yeshua, who came bodily into this world, has the majesty, the divine majesty, that he is the very Son of God. And this is going to be confirmed for us in a moment. Why do I say that? Verse 17, for receiving, who received? Yeshua. The the subject here is still Messiah. For receiving from God the Father, what did he receive? He received honor and glory. Now, in one sense, and remember what Paul says, Yeshua did not equate equality with God, something to, to grasp something that he had to do to to have he is eternally god equal in divinity in glory and honor all of these things but what we're seeing here is what the prophets spoke of specifically daniel that there would be coming a time when messiah the son of god we also know him as the son of man that he would inherit honor and glory and power and a kingdom and now this is being attested to by peter in remember what i said earlier in something that he witnessed he just said we're we're not testifying to you concerning some cleverly devised myths and fables and folklore but he's going to tell them that he is an eyewitness of this, this power that has come into this world through Messiah. And what's he speaking of? Well, look again at verse 17. For receiving from God the Father honor and glory when? When a voice was brought to him, and such a voice that it was, by the, the majestic glory. Now, that majestic glory is a reference to the majesty of God. And notice what he's going to talk about. Again, in verse 17, towards in where it says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I, and notice most Bibles say, well, please, it's the word dokeo and the word you, which means, and you means good in, in Greek. He says that he thought well. He considered it good when he says, this is my beloved son. Now, what are we speaking about? Well, just a few more words, and it'll be very evident what he's speaking about when he talked about this this voice that he heard being brought, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I think well or well-pleased Verse 18, and this voice we heard from heaven having been brought. When what? When he says, 
we were with him, being with him, where? In the holy mountain. What mountain? The Mount of Transfiguration. And what happened here? It's so important that we understand it. See, you and I are called to reflect the glory of God, meaning His glory through obedience can be reflected through us. But it doesn't originate or emit from us. It's a reflection. But with Messiah, He did not reflect that very glory, that divine glory, that divine majesty emitted from Him. It didn't shine upon him and he reflected, but it came from him. He is a source of this majestic glory. Why? Because he is the Lord God Almighty with us, that beloved Son of God the Father, God the Son. This is what we're being taught in this passage, verse 19. And we have... And now it's speaking about having been confirmed, having been made certain, something that is assured of. So he says, verse 19, and we being confirmed of what? Being assured, being made certain of, he says, the prophetic word which you do well to take heed of. Now that's a warning prophecy we need to take heed of that meaning we need to literally hold on to that's what that word means to take heed of so we would do well to take heed of that prophetic word as a lamp that shines in a dark place until and now it's going to be a reference to the kingdom until this day that that dawns and the morning star goes up who's the morning star yeshua that morning star comes up into your heart now what is that speaking of it's when we are going to be testifying to the very presence of messiah with us it's a reference to what he ended with last week when he spoke about that entrance into the kingdom of God. So take heed of this truth, this prophetic word that speaks about one day, that morning star going up into our hearts, that is us knowing him in a perfect way. How? In a kingdom way. Verse 20, this first knowing, now I'm translating it literally according to the order he says this, again, emphatic. This is the main thing, the primary thing. This first, that's why it's primary. This first knowing that all prophetic scripture, all the prophetic writing, one's own interpretation, it is not. We don't have prophecy or any scripture for our own personal benefit based upon how we see it that's not where prophecy originates from our desires our wants our needs our situations what does it say we'll just keep reading verse 21 our last verse for not 
the will of man is brought ever prophecy i want to say that again again i'm translating this very literally for not we could say by the will of man is brought ever prophecy now what does it tell us one of the big takeaways is this prophetic truth is never going to agree with my will it's just not prophetic truth is revealed and it changes my my will prophetic truth leads me to biblical truth of course prophecy is is in the scripture but it brings me to a biblical understanding of who i am in messiah and that's very different than who i was i was lost i was amazed to hear someone speak about discipleship doesn't change us it reveals to us who we always were that my friend is heresy being discipled based upon the truth of god embracing prophetic truth not of my own interpretation or my own will it causes me to be a new creation all these old things what i was these things passed away so it doesn't reveal who i always was no it reveals a new me why if anyone is in christ this one is a new creation so we need to be careful there's a lot of false teaching going around let's conclude for not by the will of man is brought ever prophecy but by who but through the holy spirit it is brought prophecy comes by means of the holy spirit and again what is one of the primary purposes of the holy spirit to bring order god's order which is a different order than my order a new order an order that is rooted in the purposes of god god's redemptive work bringing about a change a kingdom change in my life and how is god's prophetic truth brought through the holy spirit who this holy spirit what does he do well he brings about prophetic truth through notice what it says holy men of god holy men of god who did what they spoke the holy spirit gave them utterance so that they could reveal prophetic truth now let's just in the few moments that we have left affirm something i am desperately in need of prophetic truth and prophetic truth is not going to agree with my will that's why my will needs to be crucified dead and buried and i need to receive this new will god's will as the foundation of my life and the purpose for which i live so prophecy brings about biblical prophecy scriptural prophecy brings about a glorious change that now as the people of god we can reflect it doesn't emit from us we're not god that's heresy but the word of god causes us to reflect the glory of god when we live in the righteousness of god that is indeed the good news 
of Messiah Yeshua. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.